0: This is Beekeeper Confidential. I'm your host, Mandy Shaw. The last couple of weeks have been rainy, like rain nearly every day. That means no hive inspections. I have two top bar hives that have swarm cells that I can see through the observation windows, and I had planned to make splits off of them, but the weather has been so awful that I can't even open them up. So I've been watching them closely and checking the weather forecast every few minutes and it looks like maybe next weekend might have weather nice enough for them to either swarm or for me to open them up. I have three bait hives up in my yard just in case they do swarm, but the bees in my yard have a history of swarming into one of my mature cedar trees, which puts them out of reach. The anticipation is driving me absolutely mad. If you've been enjoying the show and the beekeepers that we meet here, consider becoming a patron. For as little as a dollar a month, you can help support the work that we do here. Our newest patron, Keisha Medford, joined us by visiting patreon.com forward slash Mandy Shaw. If you can't become a patron, that's okay too. By sharing on social media and leaving reviews, you can help people find us. Lee Knott from the Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm podcast recently left a review where she mentioned that while listening to our last episode, she'd be wondering about what our guest was saying, and a few seconds later, I would ask the same question. We truly are beekeeper-minded people. For practical hive management tips, listen to her show, Beekeeping at Five Apple Farm. Today's guests are beekeepers from Campbell, Texas, who fell in love 14 years ago. He was living in an apartment community that she worked at, and he kept reporting problems with his apartment. Turns out, he had a huge crush on her, and eventually, he worked up the courage to ask her out on a date. Since then, they've grown a beautiful family, and together, they own and operate Zane and James Apiary. They provide pollination services, sell high-quality varietal honeys and skincare products, and even nucleus colonies. Meet the delightful duo Stephanie and Jake Pullen. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I'm really excited to talk with you. How did your family get into bees?
1: We are actually considered second generation beekeepers. Uh, my husband's father, my father-in-law was a beekeeper in the late 80s and early 90s and then got out of it. And I guess a little over three years ago, my husband had been researching you know, bees and you know the need for bees. And we had cows, and cows weren't working out too well. <laughs> so um, we decided to venture off into beekeeping, and it has been great ever since. I would
0: imagine that the bees smell a whole lot better than the cows. Uh,
1: yes, I prefer the bees uh, over the cows for sure. Yes, I don't <laughs> have to go outside and <laughs> smell the cow smell. That's cool. <laughs>
0: mentor that you were working with or you were self-taught or well I guess not exactly self-taught because your father-in-law was into beekeeping was he a, yes. a resource for
1: you guys he has been a great resource you know he uh brings in a lot of I don't want to say I guess old school I don't really you know, know if that's the right <laughs> term yeah and but, um, but he has he has brought a lot of guidance and knowledge to our I said, practice, but. And then they, my husband has really just, I mean, just dove into researching and watching, you know, YouTube videos, just researching all across the internet. And he has connected with some other local beekeepers and, you know, they all can kind of call on each other with questions or, hey, this is going really well for me, Mm you know, thought you might want to try it. And so that's been great too over the last three years to be able to connect with people in our area and then i have since found you know instagram is a great way to learn and just follow other beekeepers even those that are not living in texas and that has been an awesome resource for us too
0: well you are our first texan beekeepers to be on the show
1: awesome
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) texan What is it like keeping bees in Texas?
2: Uh, we're coming up on the active bee season right now. It's probably uh, late March through about June timeframe is uh, when we get the best, the best honey flow and the bees are the most active. That's when they grow the most. So we'll make our early splits and they'll grow into full-size hives and even double bee hives before the beginning of the summer. This time is not actually the winter time, it's actually the summertime when all of the food resources start drying up uh-huh. and uh, we have to keep feeding them and keep moving them Honey flow locations where there's uh, more flowers and, yeah. and different crops for us to conduct. Yeah. Where
0: you guys are located in your region, what is the main source of nectar?
2: It'll be uh, clover, and then there'll be something called vetch. We also get a big honey flow off of vetch and clovers during early springtime. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they really seem to make a lot of honey, and it's a, a lot of good grade A table grade honey. This year, we're going to go and do some uh, some buckwheat honey. We're going to try that out and see what that looks like. It's supposed to be extremely dark, honey, so we're interested to see how that how that turns out this spring.
0: Cool. So are you guys developing relationships with the local agricultural community to get contracts for pollination?
2: We do do pollination out in uh, California with our the main source where our bees go from. And then we come back here and we'll do some cotton, and then we have another group of guys that they do a seed production. And we do we contract with them to do clover, facilia, and uh they'll do buckwheat also. So we also and then fetch we'll move up onto their properties and do uh for their seed production.
1: Wow. So when you
0: two got into beekeeping, what did you have this as your ultimate plan for for getting into bees?
1: Originally because we decided, you know, to um, kind of get out of the cattle business. We live on 32 acres, and so we have to keep our ag exempt. And so we thought, well, we'll get the maximum amount of hives you can get is 20 hives. And so that's why we originally started with 20 hives. And really, it becomes, it just became something that we enjoy doing every day. Even the hard work was still fun, and it's something that we're able to do together. And eat the kids can even go out and enjoy it with us. And so... <laughs> I think it just kind of transformed into something that we didn't originally plan for, but something that now we absolutely love.
0: Tell me about the really early days in your venture when you were just learning how to handle bees.
2: Uh, well, learning how to handle bees probably wasn't the problem as, as much as uh, as a, how to make it the scientific formula of raising bees. That was the, the biggest trick. It's definitely a, a formula. Yeah. Uh, with doing all the mite treatments and, and you deal with the beetles and uh and and foul brood and mite so it's always uh some kind of a challenge that we have with the bees and uh in the early days uh we'd raise great bees and then uh and we'd try to do treatments and things like that and then our bees would fall apart going into the fall time in the winter mm-hmm. and then uh we'd have to start all over again and and we did that for a couple of a couple of years until we uh so we, start, we stumble on a few things and, and work out our treatments, and, and then we're going into gut health and doing probiotics. Okay, it took a while to, to learn all the things we've gone through.
0: From season to season, what's your schedule for feeding and testing and treating?
2: So we try to keep a good eye on all the my treatments. That's really the ones that we're, we're really trying to work, keep an eye on because mm-hmm. they'll lead into. Uh, to, uh, diseases inside of the hive along with them hurting the bees so we try to do a, a good treatment about three to four times a year mm-hmm. uh, as soon as they come back from the almond, we'll uh, come in here and we'll treat them and once we make uh, um, our nukes and then they will we'll set new queens in them and then the, that's what the time that the brood is the lowest in the hive and so that you can kill all of the the 99% of the mites that are underlying but underneath the fruit. Mm -hmm. And then uh, we'll do some probiotics at the same time with a big treatment of uh, syrup and uh, pollen substitutes.
0: What do you do with the probiotics? I'm not really familiar with that.
2: Uh, Probiotics is uh, we we put it in the hive and in our feed, and what that does is it, so what has happened is as they're doing more of our crops and spraying herbicides on the crops, Mm-hmm. It's actually deteriorating the gut health inside the bee, so it would be like having a stomach bug mm-hmm. all the time and trying to go to work. Mm-hmm. So the probiotic is almost like a uh, a yogurt, and it helps you with your digestive system, and it helps increase your uh, the bee's health and allows them to digest and work better with the, with the honey and the and the pollen substitute and kind of the pollen that, flow that we got.
0: I'm curious what product it is.
2: It's from Man Lake pro DFM, I believe, is what we're
0: using. Okay, okay. So it's something people can readily find. I don't know if you've heard too much about people inoculating their hives with mushroom extracts. That's kind of a big thing that's happening in the Pacific Northwest. Uh, people are really interested in that. But there's no specific guidelines at this time on how much to give them and how to give it to them. So quite a few beekeepers that I know are experimenting with it, and it is supposed to boost their immune system and help them fight off some of the garbage that's out there.
2: Yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, the reason we really like the Pro DSM is, uh, and I, I'm not trying to put a plug out here for ourselves or anything <laughs> like that, but so it's uh, extremely easy to to administer the treatment and it's just a, it's just a scoop of it's almost like powdered sugar and you just pour it right over to, on top of the hive and it, and it helps, starts immediately taking effect. Wow. Uh, we really started treating them at the end of last year this last fall, going into the winter time. They saw a lot of like the bee seemed real sluggish
1: mm-hmm. going
2: into the fall and winter time. And then as soon as we started treating them with this probiotic, we saw a lot of activity pick up when they had nicer, warmer days Wow! Uh, in the winter. The bees were super active and outworking, and it seemed to really boost their, their energy level.
0: Okay, I want to talk about bees and mushrooms for just a minute. World-renowned mycologist Paul Stamets has teamed up with the researchers at Washington State University Honeybee Lab to study the effects of mycological extracts and their relationship to the viral response in honeybees. And a mushroom called Metherizium that's being field tested as a way to inoculate bee colonies with a naturally occurring organism that also kills the mites without harming the bees. Later this year, I'll have the opportunity to speak with two of the researchers that are working directly on these projects when they come to present their research at Portland Urban Beekeepers. I'll either record their presentations that they give or try to snag them for an actual interview for the show. It's really cool work that they're doing, and I'm putting links to some related articles and a video in my blog notes from today's episode. What is it like logistically getting set up to transport bees to California?
2: That is a a slight undertaking. Uh, It's quite an effort that we have to take. Uh, uh, If I was being growing into a commercial beekeeper, is definitely a struggle. You know, and the number of people helping you, and and your number of trucks, and and loaders, and trailers. That. Since we're so small, we're growing into it, so it's a lot. We loaded out bees till around midnight, 1 o'clock in the morning. Oh, wow. Uh, We woke up the next morning. We hired a commercial truck driver to haul them out there for us. Uh, Once we set the truck driver on its way, then we got in our trucks with our loaders, and we met the truck in California. So we had to race them out there, and once we got them there, you set them down that evening, and uh, you go to set them out in the orchards immediately as soon as you get there. So that was that took another six, seven hours to go put all of those almonds out in the orchards for a whole semi-load.
0: Wow. Now, I've been seeing in the news that there's been a lot of flooding in the orchards. Have your bees been impacted by any of that?
2: Uh, we're very blessed that we haven't had any losses from the flooding. Uh, oh, We're good. actually up on a really hot spot on the hill country, so it, it's a really beautiful place, and luckily, uh, it, it's away from all the flooding, so it has great drainage, so we've been very blessed with that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So when do the bees come back to Texas to get ready for their next mission?
2: Yeah, we're all holding our breath, waiting on that. But, uh, <laughs> we we ex- expect to have them here around the 1st of April. And so that's right in the 1st in the of the growing season, we'll get them here. and mm-hmm. uh, That'll be back in Texas on the 1st of April, and then we'll start our work all over again.
0: Wow. So while your bees are in California, what do you do in that time where they're away?
2: Uh, we're doing a lot of honeydews around the house of all things that I. Didn't <laughs> get
0: done uh, yeah, the,
2: yes, yes. So, uh, right now, uh, we've been uh, we've been building pallets and lids, and uh, we've been building boxes and taking inventory of everything we got, and trying to trying to get all the everything calculated, so we have exactly the correct number of hives and frames and pallets and everything for when we make our splits and grow our bees. That we'll have everything ready. For for them to when they get home.
0: Do you guys ever feel like you're caught up?
2: Never. No. <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's always something to
0: do. Yeah, I mean, I feel like I'm yeah. I'm always like in a race against time to get everything ready, and I'm nowhere near the the level of operation that you guys are.
1: It's crazy, you know. There's always something to do, and 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 again, that's what makes it fun. I used to be a teacher. So I taught kindergarten for seven years and a very high energy job. (laughs) And this past year with my, or I have not even been a year out of teaching yet. So I guess May will be a year. And I have found that I'm just as busy, if not more busy now that I'm not teaching. How
0: does teaching a classroom full of kindergartners compare to opening a hive of really feisty bees? (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, the first time that I went out with Jake to, you know, check bees and start working them, I swore there was a bee inside my veil, and I was running up and down the probe, <laughs> And of course, he was like, "That's the last thing you're supposed to do." You're <laughs> you know, real we'll thing, nervous. I don't know which one the am doing right a box full of bees or a, you know, classroom full of kindergarten. I'll Um, take the bees. I haven't really figured (laughs) that one out yet, but, you know, totally different, but still so much fun. And, you know, as a teacher, I learn something new every day. And as a beekeeper, I learn something new every day. Wow.
0: Well, congratulations on coming up on your anniversary of being retired from teaching and being (laughs) a full-time bee wrangler. (laughs) <laughs> In addition to bee wrangling, Stephanie and Jake also offer a line of skin care products made from their beeswax.
1: Bees themselves make so much, and so we had a lot of wax, and I thought, you know, what's the best way to use that wax? And then, so of course, researching different things that we could make and course I like for it to be all natural because people are using this stuff on their skin Mm -hmm. and so we started out with lip balm and that was received really well by friends and family and so then I thought you know right now it's so cold here in Texas and uh, my hands get so dry especially when we're outside working and so I thought you know let's try to make some hand salve And again, I wanted it to be used with other natural ingredients uh, that complement our beef wax. And so Mm -hmm. we found a recipe that worked really well. And again, that's been great. We have a lot of people that have asked for that because, you know, they've tried it and it's really helped their skin. And so now we've kind of ventured out into some lotion bars and even some uh, honey and goat milk soap. That's our latest. We're just testing it out now, you know, so it's not out really for sale or anything yeah. but just things that we've been working on and we like to let friends and family test it out and give us reviews and tell us what they liked us what they didn't like and so we are always looking for looking for ways to make our product better but people seem to be very interested in the product and and yeah. know who it's coming from and and that and so we just really enjoyed that side of it is it, a lot of fun and we'll see what what comes next <laughs> We do some local vendor events mm-hmm. and, you know, I did go through and get our licensing where we can sell uh, our items in retail stores. And so we are in a handful of local stores, you know, this our products that have been approved. Are, uh, for sale so our, our lip balm and our hand salve and our honey which you know people love the local honey and it's so great for your health and your allergies
0: so if any of our listeners want to buy your products do they just need to contact you through your website
1: yes they, okay they can contact us on our website um i do a lot of stuff uh, via facebook you know start, started looking at offering online orders it's not available yet but uh, a lot of people will message me either through our website or through Facebook. We can get people set up that way.
0: You can find Zane and James Apiary on Facebook and Instagram. I'll include links to their website and social media accounts in the notes from today's show. Would you be willing to share some of your biggest beekeeper blooper moments? We all have them. They're all embarrassing, but they're fun to laugh about. We
1: all
2: have them. I think the worst Looper beekeeper moment was when i got stung. I, I wasn't wearing a helmet, and I went to go check a, a hive, of course, because I thought it was bee okay. And uh, the bees came out, and I covered my face, and I le- only left my nose exposed. And I got stung on the tip. The only place they could sting me on my face, and they stung <laughs> me on the tip of my nose, and it swelled up huge, probably about a, ton of a quarter. It looked like, but it was it was out of control. I think mean, mean his nose was double the size, and of course, he still
1: had to go to work so i'm not <laughs> sure people i don't even know what kind of comments he got but yeah it blessed his heart i think you know it even started swelling up through his you know underneath his eyes yeah almost looked like he probably got hit in the middle of the face with like a baseball yeah. how did the bees uh, know
0: how did they find out that you have one little spot <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah that was the only place i was scared <laughs> 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 i think the other one uh, could have been my hand The time when it when I got oh, stuck yeah. on the hand, and it, it doubled the size. I think oh, I posted wow. a
1: picture of that one. His hand, you could barely see his knuckles. <gasps> um, he wasn't wearing, you know, any protective gear or gloves on his hands. And, yeah, he got stung and he came in, and I took a picture right when he came in. I, I, you know, of course, I had to afterwards make sure he was okay, but I had to get the picture because you <laughs> can see how... Well, when it was, you could barely see his knuckles. So I think I posted that one, wow. uh, and people, you know, that got a lot of reactions from people, um, thinking, saying, "Oh, they know, I hate that form." or laughing, you know. So, so people react different ways. which is funny, <laughs> but I actually have only been someone, once. I think is crazy. What
0: is your secret? I too? don't
1: know. <laughs> I don't know. So I've been stung once on the pinky fingers. So that's pretty remarkable. That is
0: very remarkable <laughs> she, considering... She
2: always, runs, she always runs a smoker. That's why she doesn't get... I, always <laughs> I always run a smoker, but I promise I
1: don't. <laughs> <laughs> now, do you
0: ever come across colonies in your bee yard that maybe have been occupied by Africanized bees?
2: Fortunately, we haven't had any of those problems. We have some bees that are probably inbred that are super angry bees, mm-hmm. but... Uh, yeah, no, we haven't ever had any, any experience with
0: African mouse Whoo, Whew! <laughs> we don't really? have those in Oregon, <laughs> so them. I'm always curious people in the <laughs> south if they're if that's what they're up against. <laughs> <laughs> Being a non-commercial beekeeper, I have the luxury of using different hive types. I keep Langstroths, Wares, and Top Bars, and also have a hive in a tree hollow. I love the nuances of each style, and I don't know if I would be able to keep just one kind. Even if I were running a commercial operation, I think I would sneak one or two alternative hive styles in there just for my own fun. No, we all
2: keep the same exact hives, and I, everything is, everything we we run is completely uniform. Okay. So we only run double. We only run deep, and that's the only thing we run.
0: Do you overwinter them in that formulation with two deeps?
2: It depends on the size of the, co- of the colony. Mm-hmm. If it's a, a smaller colony, then and we'll try to shove them down into one box. Mm-hmm. And uh, keep the heat in the box. That's always that's always the best mm-hmm. uh, for us to be found, not found. The least amount
1: of air space inside of a hive is the best that you could possibly have mm-hmm. for your bees going through the cold months. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's. I think the low was twenty or twenty-one degrees. But I feel like he was saying the least airspace, and then that way they're on these cold, cold days. We can keep the hives, I say, as warm as possible.
0: So. Yeah. When the bees come back from California in April, will there be a big temperature difference from where they're coming from and where they're arriving?
2: I, I think. Uh, luckily, it's uh, it's kind of. The temperature out there is running in the, um, in the low 60s right now. Mm-hmm. So when we get back home it'll be almost identical to what the temperature is out there. Okay. So, but if we do have some cold spells when we get back home, uh, when they come back, it does shock the bees. So yeah. we do like to keep a lot of feed on them and we try to monitor the weather right before we start doing any work to them. Yeah. So we don't want to do any splits right when if we're going to have a cold spell and you, and you break the bees down from, you know, 12, 15, 18 frames of bees, and you put them in there with two, three frames of bees uh, to start the spring. And it, it's a cold snap, you can lose a lot of your bees, and it, it'll kill a lot of them. Mm. We try to watch them march was weather really well.
0: Yeah. Are they in good spirits when they come back after traveling, or are they kind of grouchy for a few days?
2: So they they do actually travel very well. We usually keep on all air ride suspension uh, semis. So mm. It helps cushion the ride. That's out there and back. So that, <laughs> that's always a plus. We the first year we traveled out there on the back of a flatbed pickup truck, and it's, the bees they were very angry when they when they hit the ground. When they get home, they we untarp them. They'll fly quite a bit. They'll be a little testy, but uh, by the next morning, once they settle in for the evening, it's just business as usual and back to work.
0: Wow, they're they're so resilient.
1: In that they really way. are. And, you <laughs> know, we try to do all of our loading and unloading at night. You know, our goal is to try to put the least amount of stress on them as possible. Mm-hmm. And so I know that probably puts more stress on us because it's a long <laughs> night and then an early morning when we know we're gonna move them. Try to move them, get them done, and then that way, like I said, the least amount of stress onto the bees as possible. Yeah. So.
0: Are your kids famous at school because you guys are the, the beekeepers in town?
1: Uh, you know, um, our middle son, uh, Noah, we have two boys and a girl, but Noah, especially this past full year, all of the teachers, anytime they saw Noah, would raise their hand and say, save the bees! Because <laughs> Noah likes to say, you know, like to tell everybody, we gotta save the bees, and so yeah. That's kind of now something anytime one of my old co workers or even his old classmates from last year, if they see him, it's always a, paint of bees, no way, you know. So um, I really think it's just us being beekeepers has really raised awareness in our community of the importance of bees. And I really enjoy that as a teacher to be able to teach people about bees, about beekeeping, and how they can help. I try to share. Uh, on our Facebook page, I recently shared flowers, plants, you know, that they can, mm-hmm. that are bee-friendly. And then, you know, not to kill the weeds or what we call wildflowers. Yeah. Uh, because <laughs> the bees will forage on those. And so, that's also, I think, one of our goals is to just raise awareness for people to understand the importance of the bees. It's,
2: it's definitely an art. Raising bees is it's definitely, it, it's probably the most rewarding thing I think we've ever been involved in 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 our business ventures in life watching something that that gets up every morning and wants to go to work it's a perfect society that's a perfect perfect situation uh the bees are they they get rid of the weak and they continue to grow and keep that and they're all about keeping the hive strong and keeping the success and the life of be a good idea to raise a bunch of uh uh, insects and try to corral them and run them all over the country uh, it's it's definitely a challenge and and a reward all at the same time
0: wow that's really well said
2: yes yeah i can probably said it better myself (laughs) (laughs) awesome you guys well thanks so much
0: for visiting i always love to make new connections and now i have beekeeper friends in texas be sure to check out my blog at waggleworkspdx.com for notes from today's episode. And while you're there, swing by my online shop and check out our Beekeeper Confidential stickers. You can get one for five bucks and it includes a handwritten note from yours truly. I want to give a special shout out to my buddy Max Monty. He's the videographer and producer behind my film, The Swarm Chaser, that ultimately found its way to the National Geographic Short Film Showcase and has been awarded a Vimeo staff pick. His company, YesBox, helps businesses, big and small, tell their stories through emotionally engaging, cinematic-quality short videos. Because this episode was recorded with me and my guests, both on speakerphone, I had some issues with the audio quality. I asked him for some advice, and he was able to help make the audio of this interview much cleaner for all of my fabulous listeners. Max, I wrote a little jingle for Yes Box as a thank you for your services. Here it goes We had a wonderful story to tell, but the audio sounded like hell so i called up my friend at yesbox and now it sounds so swell i'm so glad i went with yesbox go yesbox go yesbox dot com <laughs> <laughs> Confidential is a Waggleworks production and is written and produced by Mandy Shaw. Cool!